This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Hey, a week today, we want you to come down and celebrate the 75th anniversary of CKNW at the Anvil Center in New Westminster. Oh, we've got a huge event. All the shows are going to be live from there. We've got current and past hosts, a birthday cake, much, much more. And you know, there are so many voices that are associated with the history of this radio station. A few voices, though, for me anyway, really stand out. People like Jack Webster, uh, Rafe Mayer, and of course, Bill Good. I shared an office with Bill when I first started working here full-time. I, I couldn't believe it myself that I was in the same office with this man, this legend. I grew up listening to him on this station. I watched Bill on TV. His experience, his knowledge, unparalleled. And so because we're celebrating our 75th anniversary, I wanted to sit down with him to talk about his memories of the 25-plus years that he spent at the station. So before we chat with him, just want to go back in time a little to 1988. That was the year when Bill Good began his award-winning show here on CKNW, The Bill Good Show, and this is what it sounded like. Good afternoon, I'm Bill Good. Today on this, our first program on CKNW, we'll be taking a look at the top of today's news with a potential strike looming by nearly 30,000 government employees as they demand better job security and more money. All this on the first Bill Good program on CKNW. Thank you for tuning in. As I start a new life, many may say I have never looked better. Let's get down to business first of all with Bob Plekis, the chief government... Well, Bill, thank you so much for joining us to do this today. It's fun to be back home. You ready to walk down memory lane? Oh, sure. <laughs> what I can remember. <laughs> what, when did you first come to NW? When did you first think, you know what, I think I might go work there? Well, I got a call from Ron Bremner, who was running the place then, and I'd had some talk with him in the past, but he called and he was serious. He said... Um, would you be interested in doing talk radio? He'd seen some of my CBC forums um, and had determined that I was going to be his next talk show host, apparently. So we got together and uh, we haggled over a whole summer. And uh, But I knew that's what I wanted to do. I'd, Did you? Oh, yeah. I grew up listening to the NW. I grew up listening to Jack Webster. He was one of the people I most admired in this business in my entire life. And, um, you know, I'd done 10 years of sports, and I'd done 10 years of anchoring at CBC. I love live. Uh, the idea of being engaged in talk radio was like a dream come true. At the time, everybody was shocked that I would leave television, the big anchor job, right, and come yeah. to local radio station. But at the time, that local radio station was the biggest radio station probably sharewise in North America, and it was run by the Griffiths owned by the Griffiths, not run by them, because they were really hands-off. But it was really appealing to me, having worked for the CBC, which yeah. was basically run out of Ottawa, and was being cut to pieces, you know, in terms of the region. So coming to NW, to me, was a dream come true. And then Bremner went to BCTV and hired me to come there to do Canada, Canada Tonight. Tonight. I remember that. And I said, I'll do that as long as I can keep my radio job at NW. And he said... Yeah, sure, not a problem. You've always valued that, because that would have been, what, the late 1980s? 88, I came 89? to NW in 88. Right. I don't remember what year I went to, but it would have been the early 90s in to 94, mid-90s. 94, 93, 94, yeah, yeah, you were at Canada Tonight? When I, when I went to BCTV. But even when you went to CTV as well, like you've always valued keeping the radio job. Because First that's, love. Really? Well, you know from doing both. Yes. I, I used to joke that as an anchor on television, you're the packaging for 100 <laughs> other people's work. You know, um, 
It's not that you don't work at it. You do, and you've got a fair bit of input into what happens. But on the radio, it's your show. You know, I used to tease my producers. I said, you know, in the end, argue with me all you want, but in the end, it's the Bill Good Show, and I'll make the last call. And um, and I had great producers. And but it was just oh, it was a, it was a I think twenty six years of uh, just doing what I wanted to do and my I, whole life. I remember saying to you because we used to share an office, and I remember saying to you, Bill, I don't know if I'm going to last as long in this business as you did because it's changed so much now with social media and instant feedback Tell and me people, about it. right? <laughs> and I just thought back in the day, what was that like? I mean, what you said, the people that you had on, it was instantly news making, but you didn't have that constant feedback from people. People had to write you a letter if they wanted to say well, something. Well, it got to be email, yeah. and then it was Twitter before I left, but it... Um, yeah, the feedback, but I loved the feedback. I mean, that was, you know, talk radio really was, I mean, you had your finger on the pulse and you, you know, you kind of, I remember when the Reform Party started to form in British Columbia and Western Canada. Um, we knew on NW because of the calls that this was embryotic, but it was growing and you could just sense, you know, and you, it was sort of like an, an early warning system. And and it came to be, you know, and they you know they built and, and eventually morphed into the conservative party we know today. But they were a big deal for a lot of the eighties and early nineties. You were always must listen radio. Was there somebody like what interviews when you think back are you most proud of that really stick in your mind? They estimated that I did forty thousand interviews. What? <laughs> yeah, that's I haven't crazy. done a fact check on it, but that's what Jessica, my last producer, said, and I, I assume it was something like that. So, you know, it's interesting. There was a fellow named Graham Cook who was a pedophile, and I won a National Radio Award, Actor Award, for that interview, and it was largely because of him. He, at some point in his life, wanted to warn other people about people like him, and it was a very compelling hour, frightening hour, because he sat across the desk from me and he was like, he looked like a college kid, you know, I mean, yeah. he, he, he did, he looked like the most innocent, normal, 28 or whatever he was, year old kid, and he told this horrific story of how he groomed whole families in order to get to the children, and it, so that that's one that stands out in my mind. Um, one of the first interviews, well, the first interview I did with the Prime Minister was Pierre Trudeau. No, I think I was 33 years old, right? Uh, he intimidated Webster. Imagine what it felt like. He, I, he intimidated me the day he died because I was listening to the radio. I had CBC on, and they said, in a, in a few minutes, we're going to play an interview that Bill Good did with Pierre Elliott Trudeau. And I'm going, oh, God. That interview, 33. Yeah. But it was Okay. But the fact that it was still, he still intimidated me. You know, I'm still going, oh, God, can I, do I have to listen to this? And am, am I going to be embarrassed? So that. Peter Ustinov, a fabulous actor, actor, fabulous interviewer, fabulous person. You know from what you do that you really get to know people when you have mm-hmm. long commercial islands and newscasts. And some people are not quite what you think they are. And some You're being people, so diplomatic about that, too. <laughs> okay, they're a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. But but he was wonderful, and, and most people were. Um, but he was a, a self-educated guy. At the time I interviewed him, he was the spokesperson for UNICEF. And um, just one of the most memorable interviews, Celine Dion, as a young woman. She was in this studio. It was down the hall, but it was here. Um, she was a big deal in Quebec, but she hadn't broken out yet. And she was known in Canada, but... She wasn't a big, big star the way she became. Um, uh, Frosty, I did Hootie and the Blowfish, an interview with them. You did, I'm sorry, Bill Good did an interview uh, with Hootie and, and the Blowfish. Blowfish. I did. You know, I took some pride in the fact that um, I had a pretty wide range of interests. You and, sure uh, did. And, and um, 
I always did my homework. And I remember Gladys Johnson, my first producer, she wanted me, a name just escaped me, a famous violinist. And she said, do you know so-and-so? And I said, who does he play for? <laughs> and she said, well, he's maybe the best violinist in the world. I but said, politicians, well, you said. I said, I better, I better learn about him. Yeah. And oh. I did. And he was a fabulous interviewer. Uh, politicians, you've had them all. Was there any that said no to you that you wanted to get on but weren't able to? You know, Stephen Harper was very available until he became prime minister. And then the only time he came on my show after he became prime minister was on the day of an election when for his own purpose he wanted to come on and you couldn't really do the kind of interview that you would normally do with the prime minister on election day, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I remember that. That was 2011. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what, I remember I was, what, I was working I don't know what year it is now. <laughs> <laughs> I have to look it up. <laughs> Almost. It's tough with politicians because you must have seen that too because there was a time when they would have to come on your show to yes. get their message out. And oh. that changed over time. Well, it, it was must. Yeah, they, you had to come on. And yeah. I remember interviewing Joe Clark one day. And um, I saw him a week or two later, and he said, does everybody in British Columbia listen to your show? I said, well, I like to think so. He said, well, I just went to Park Royal, and everywhere I went, people came up and said, I just heard you on with Bill Good." It was a pretty pretty exciting time. Yeah, it would have been. Uh, Paul Martin, I remember you interviewed Paul Martin many, many times, times on the show. Many times. Yeah. And I really liked him. And remember, Christy Clark, people think we were great friends, right? Because we shared an office the way you and I did yeah. for about five minutes a day. Well, she came in the office one day after she was leader of the Liberal Party and she said, you've been a bad, bad boy. I said, what have I done? She said, you told a listener you didn't know if I'd make a good uh, premier. Did you? Yeah. I said, well, I don't. You haven't. I said, I thought Paul Martin would be a great prime minister. He wasn't. I liked him a lot personally. He was very interested in BC, always a very engaging guy and a great finance minister, great number two. But so I, you know, I just said to her, I don't know, you haven't done the job. You know, you, you, that's a job you've got to do before you can be judged. That's, that's the challenging part of this job that I have found, too, is that people, uh, politicians think that you're their friend or they don't want to come on unless they think you are their friend. Yeah, I don't think, you know, we, the, had, we had the kind of clout then that they couldn't not come on. Yeah. You know, and remember my old colleague, Rafe Mayer, I mean, he used to beat up on people like Gordon Campbell. I tried to be a little more civil. Um but Campbell came on and he took it and because you had to. Yeah. Uh, you just couldn't say no to CKNW. Let's talk about that for a moment. You said you tried to be a little bit more civil. Was there a way you wanted to ask questions? Was there always something you wanted to get across? Well, certainly not, not an agenda of mine. I, I always had the, the view that the show was about the guest and the audience wanted to know what the guest thought. I mean, I did an editorial every day, so people knew what I thought about issues. But when it came to an interview with a subject, I wanted it to be mostly about them. Um, and I tried to ask hard questions, but fair questions, and to treat people with respect. Um, it wasn't, to me, a battle or a war. Uh, it was an interview, and it was trying to get information for the audience. Um, Rafe and I had totally different styles, totally different personalities, but it worked as a one-two punch. I mean, pe same people who like to listen to Rafe like to listen to Bill, it seems, um, and yet you couldn't find two more different people, I don't think, on the planet. That's true. Having known you Thank both, you. that's absolutely <laughs> true. NW, <laughs> uh, 75 years. Yeah. It's amazing to think about that, isn't it? It's 70... just a bit older than me. <laughs> I won't tell you how much or how little. But yeah, well, and it is. It's amazing, especially in this day and age of, you know, and it's evolved. It's now part of the global family and, and so on. It's, it's evolved as, as, I mean, if you don't evolve in this business, you die. So, you know, it's good on it. Well, Bill, thank you for the memories. My pleasure.